0: Get it. But... Righty.
1: Ooh, it's a fucking
0: chilly one today. Keeping my beer cold. That's a win. then. Fuck, is that clipping? Have I gone a bit too much with my gain here? Let me turn that down a little bit. Sorry about that, folks. How are you all? Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Hope you've had a fantastic week as always. You know how it goes here. We start with pleasantries and all that bullshit, and we get into music stuff later on. Lots of music to talk about uh, this week, guys. Been keeping up with it. Been nursing my fucking robotic arm. As I mentioned last week, I got a new fucking brace thing put on there, so I have an exoskeleton. It's going to be kind of weird to fucking get rid of this thing, man. I feel like i got a superpower with it. But things will heal, and I will be uh, back playing guitar in no time, I'm hoping. It's fucking sore. It's been three weeks since I've been able to play the guitar, and it's fucking... Yeah, it's tearing me apart inside, guys. It's tearing me apart. So, you know, if you're um, able-bodied out there, fucking play some music. You'll regret not doing it. Jesus Christ, you don't want to end up like me, fucking, you know, regretting it as it is. Anyway, it's been a long weekend here in Perth. Uh, Well, in all of Western Australia, we've been celebrating WA Day, formerly known as uh, Foundation Day, I believe. But, um, you know, we're trying to get rid of all that uh, history in society these days of things being colonized. So it's just WA Day. It's a day that we get to celebrate all West Australians for just being here. That's it. That's it. That's what we're celebrating, is the fact that WA exists, and there's some people here, I think. Because I don't know what it is to celebrate anything uniquely West Australian, except complacency, maybe. Uh, Because that's something we're very fond of over here. If you've ever been to West Australia, and I've said this before, and I'll say it a thousand times Again, I know I'm going to be saying this the rest of my life, Western Australia is where culture comes to die, Um, so maybe we're celebrating fucking the idea of a backyard, because we do love hanging out in our backyards and drinking, that's pretty much the cornerstone of our society here in um, West Australia, Uh, but anyway, people are celebrating, they usually just fucking, you know hang out in places other than their backyards for WA Day, which is kind of weird. You know, people go out to the the foreshores of the river. Our beautiful city of Perth is situated on a nice river called the Swan River. For those of you who are not familiar with the topography of West Australia or Southwest WA, uh, yeah, there's a river here and it's it's, you know, it's got a city on it. Um, And we sort of gather by the foreshore and um, usually see fireworks and some shit. But for some reason this year, um, because of, I don't know, probably that complacency we're talking about, uh, it's been downgraded to a drone show. So yesterday there was a big drone show. Um, Yeah, just a bunch of fucking tech nerds with their devices uh, making lights in the sky, freaking out fucking um, ufologists everywhere. Or something like that. And apparently, it was a clusterfuck. Apparently, there was nowhere near enough security. Too many people there. Um, folks were getting trampled. It was just a whole shit show, um, which absolutely plays into what WA is. Fucking underprepared for everything, um, yet will overreact to all consequences. Something like that. Anyway, happy WA Day to you out there. I didn't really do much to celebrate. I fucking hung out, had some beers, went around to a buddy's house, had a bit of a hot dog, um, which is known as a sausage sizzle over here uh, because we usually do away with the bun and just use a piece of um, of bread instead of a bun because, uh, it, you know, I don't know. It's not a cultural thing. It's just a stupid thing. Why, why, why have we ever fucking put a nice sausage in a fucking piece of bread that just becomes soggy immediately? Um, I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things, guys. Fucking let, 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 Let's upgrade, guys. As a society, as a culture here in WA can we at least get away with the fucking can we can we give that away can we give away the fucking piece of bread pretending to be a bun like uh, you know it, it's stupid like it, it might as well be a serviette fucking wrapped around a, a hot dog it falls apart straight away and just ruins everything uh anyway fucking yeah did that had a fine weekend hope you did too out there guys um fucking a lot of people will be uh you know celebrating with a mega pint, uh, because of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, which we've talked about a few times, and it was literally just a few days after my last podcast, or maybe the day after even, uh, that we heard the, the, the verdict, where um, Amber Heard was um, given the judgment to pay like 15 million s- uh, USD dollars um, to, to Johnny Depp, which is a fucking drop in the bucket, uh, it is what it is. Fucking. I don't know what's been going on with this trial. It's just fucking captured the imaginations of the, the public, eh? Hey? Over the last few months. And I feel terrible for the timing of this, right? I mean, it's a great story. You know, Me Too movement fucking went a bit too far, too quick, right? And then in the midst of that, in 2016, or whatever these allegations happen, um, there was some crazy bitch blackmailing um, a gentleman, um, which is what it seems like to me. I don't know. Johnny Depp seems like a gentleman. By the way, guys, I've always been biased on this whole fucking issue because I'm a big Doug Stanhope fan. And I've been you know, a Patreon subscriber to his podcast and shit like that for fucking years. Um, I've heard his side of the story. If you don't know, um, Doug Stanhope, um, the comedian, he is a fucking good friend with uh, Johnny Depp and was hanging out with him over that whole period and definitely picked up the crazy vibes. And uh, he was actually threatened to be sued by Amber Heard back in 2016, 2017, something like that, because he wrote an article sort of defending Johnny when these allegations first came out. That all went away. Uh, She threatened to sue him. Johnny talked her out of the lawsuit or some shit like that, whatever. So either way, I know Doug Stanhope, or at least I believe Doug Stanhope to be a fucking honorable guy and a truth teller and, um, you know, I just believed what he said. So none of this verdict surprises me at all. If it surprises anybody out there, Jesus Christ, get your shit together. Like, it was quite obvious that Amber Heard was um, insane and blackmailing Johnny from the get-go. It's fucking weird to find out that she's pretty much my age. Give or take a year or so. It's like, fucking hell, that'd be a lot of stress. Like Me and my age, like, fucking... I couldn't come up with $15 million if one of y'all sued me. I couldn't come up with it. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to fucking... I wouldn't even be able to afford the lawyer to defend that kind of thing anyway but anyway like i was saying it's fucking a bit of a shame with the timing because this has captured the imaginations of people worldwide and it just happened to be timed kind of poorly you know like shit all popped off in the ukraine then johnny Depp amber heard trial started no one gave a fuck about the ukraine anymore right hey it just completely whitewashed that story. It wasn't like this atrocity that's going over um, going over in the Ukraine-Russia border sort of thing. It's still going on. Not too sure who's winning. Pretty sure, you know, if I was a gambling man, I would have put my money on fucking Russia. And I would have put it on the Ukraine if the rest of the West was kind of into it. But uh, this Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial saw an end to that. So we don't care. And because the eyes of the West are not on that situation, fucking Putin's probably going to win, Hey, I don't know. Fucking sucks. It sucks. But it is what it is, guys. Um, That's just the fucking hot take, fucking quick cycle news bullshit that's going on in this world. We just don't care about uh, actual humanitarian tragedies and shit like that. (laughs) And uh, war. We don't care as much about war. As we do about um, a stupid lawsuit about a chick shitting on a bed or something. But it's all over now, guys. It's all fucking over. Or is it? Who knows? There could be more shit coming out of this. And we're all following it to the end. Uh, Fucking Everyone just wants to see Amber Heard disappear, right? That'd be cool. And um, no one wants to see Johnny Depp reprise his role as Jack Sparrow. Because fuck Disney for siding with that psycho bitch. Um... You know, it would kind of be a cop-out if all of a sudden he disappeared in the next Pirates movie, which, let's face it, there's 40,000 Pirates movies. You don't need to see them all. It's over anyway. Who the fuck cares about that franchise? Jesus Christ. I remember watching the first two, maybe three, and just being like, ugh, these are the same movies again and again. Fuck, whatever. Anyway, it's all over, guys. Awesome. It's good to actually fucking bury that piece of news somewhat. Or whatever, yeah. Anyway, there is music news going on, guys. Because um, I do like to talk about some music news when it happens. And, you know, we talk about nostalgia loops. So I've always got my eyes on things that were happening in 30 years to see how they uh, pop back up. And there's been fucking shitloads of it happening recently. Uh, there's a song that came out in 94 that you may have heard of uh, by a lady named Mariah Carey. Um, she released the, um, the least annoying Christmas song ever called um, All I Want For Christmas Is You. You may have heard it. You may have heard it 40,000 times a year. Uh, And she's been sued um, by a dude named Andy Stone who claimed that he wrote those words. That's about it. That's about all the basis of the lawsuit is. He wrote those words a few years prior in a song. So this dude, Andy Stone had a song in 89, All I Want For Christmas Is You. Um, That line is in the chorus. Not that line, not a melody line. So when you're talking about music, guys, so these music lawsuits with copyright claims and all that shit, they they always fascinate me (coughs) because it's a fucking gray area, right? You can't copyright chords. You can't copyright chord progressions. You can't really copyright certain rhythms, um, stuff like that. So anyway, this guy wrote a song and it has the words, all I want for Christmas is you. Now. Let's let's think think about just those words, because the melody is nothing the same. Everything about the song is different, right? Everything about the song. There is no clear musical connection. There's a linguistic connection just with those words, or something like that, right? Um, So when it comes to copyright law uh, in the US, which is where this has all taken place, uh, you cannot copyright the title of a song, right? You just can't do it. So many songs are called the, the same fucking thing, right? There's a million songs called, I don't know, fucking Baby I Want You or something cliche like that, right? You, you know what I mean? So you can't copy copyright an actual title. It's something about the musical content that you have to prove is, you know, similar, influenced by, drawing from, stuff like that. So that's, what, that's the whole gray area. That's why there's fucking people with, you know, huge fucking price tags on their head to, to get into copyright law, you know? It's an expensive thing to get down into because it's kind of hard to, you know, separate wheat from chaff or whatever the saying is, right? Um, so anyway, this guy claims that uh, because those words... And let's just, let's just think about those words for a second, right, guys? All I want for Christmas is you. So what part of it is he claiming is his? Because the all I want for Christmas is part is like a cliche that's in a million songs. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, for instance, right? It's like, oh, they just changed two front teeth with you. It's actually the same song. I don't think so. I, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a stretch to me. And is it really that far out of the world of possibilities uh, of, for people just to come up with the idea of wanting their loved one for Christmas? Like that's not a unique idea. It's not even framed in a nice, uniquely poetic way, right? It's just the words, all I want for Christmas is you. That's It's something that could come out of fucking anybody's mouth who misses their loved one at Christmas, right? Anyway, he's trying to claim that, this Andy Stone idiot. Uh, statute of limitations. That's another whole fucking aspect of it, right? Because it's nearly 30 years ago, right? It's nearly 30 years ago. And Mariah Carey's song is the most played Christmas carol, if you call it a carol. It's a Christmas song or whatever. I don't know what the difference is between a carol and a song. I guess whether or not it's played at Christmas, something like that. I don't know. We'll look into that. We'll get to the bottom of what the fuck a carol actually is uh, eventually. But for the purposes of this discussion, guys, um, it's a very, very famous song. And the statute of limitations for a copyright claim is three years after you recognize the infringement, right? So that, that could happen ages later, like, like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, all of a sudden someone can go, wait a fucking minute. I've never heard this song, but this song is very, very famous and uh, it's an obvious ripoff of mine. So I'm only just now finding out about the infringement on my potential copyright. Yeah, you follow me? So I've got three years to act. So you mean to tell me, That this Andy Stone guy never heard the Mariah Carey song for the last 28 years that it's been fucking pumping through every fucking grocery store stereo system for the month of December, right? Somehow this guy's never heard it and it never crossed his mind that it might be an infringement on his copyright. I don't know. I don't buy it. I think it's just a fucking cash grab, which it obviously fucking is, right? So this guy, Andy Stone, he wants 20 million bucks out of um, Sony Music and Mariah Carey. And let's face it, Mariah Carey didn't write the fucking song. She might have done, had something to do with some of the melodies or whatever, which are great. They've obviously sold a lot more copies than this Andy Stone version, right? No one's ever heard of this dude. Um, let alone his fucking song that apparently uh, was copied to create the most famous Christmas song of all time. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So... I don't know. We'll see how this one goes. I'm pretty sure it's just going to go away. That's that's what my prediction is. Because it's a stupid, frivolous lawsuit. Cash grab. Maybe it's just trying to draw attention to his song. So he might get a few more spins on Spotify or something like that. Not a bad move. Not a bad marketing strategy. Although a lot of people are just going to hate him for being a fucking idiot. Because uh, of the way he's behaving right now. All, of his, all, all he's got is a fucking title that's Kind of the same words, which are just cliche words that anybody could have said at any time throughout history. Well, not throughout history. For as long as uh, Christmas has existed in history. Which has been a while. I think it's been a while. It's been over a thousand years, I guess. Right? We've been celebrating Christmas for a while. And there's been people fucking giving gifts at Christmas for a while. And there's been people probably not wanting gifts, but wanting to see loved ones instead. So the sentiment, all I want for Christmas is you, is fucking the least profound christmas lyric now there's some really shit ones out there but we'll get into that towards christmas i guess a little bit we'll talk about like the fucking worst christmas carols out there and the best because there's some bangers so yeah fucking mariah carey i think she's sitting pretty um she's you know she's getting sued for a lot less than she's made from this song anyway so you know god bless her if she just gives the guy a little bonus just for being cool just for you know I don't know know if he is being cool, but she should slip him some money just to shut him the fuck up. That'd be nice. Anyway, let's move onward and upward. You know me, guys. I'm a fucking comedy fan. There's been some great comedy specials out recently. Um, And we talked like last episode, I was getting into last episode, I don't know, in recent episodes, guys. I talked about the Pentaveret, the new Mike Myers show. And I was sort of musing over how happy I am just to see Mike Myers back. And just see this fucking dumb comedy making a bit of a resurgence, right? Let's face it, Mike Myers' comedy, it's all character stuff. It's all facial gurning stuff. It's just stupid slapstick funny. And it's coming back. and It's coming back fucking big time, guys. Like, I just saw the trailer for a new Beavis and Butthead movie. Jesus Christ. It's that nostalgia loop, guys. The world is ready for Beavis and Butthead again. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we see this cultural slip where everyone's tried to be too fucking intellectual um, over the last few years, you know, talking about these rights movements, these, these fucking lives matter, all this other bullshit. And just like, we've lost the stupid funniness from our culture, we've lost it. There's things that would just always be fucking funny. A perfectly timed fart, an old person falling over. These things are just always gonna be funny, right? They're just going to be funny. And same as dumb fucking stupid adolescent humor like Beavers and Butthead. It's just always going to be dumb and funny and mindless. And they're back. They're back. I'm a fucking huge fan of Beavers and Butthead. Was since when I was a kid. I've got a fucking picture of Beavers and Butthead on my um, bar fridge out here. Out, um, next to the bar, obviously. It's um, you know, one I drew myself, so it's not official. But um, yeah, I've been a fan forever just because of how dumb dumb it is it's like a snapshot in time of what it's like to be a fucking mindless teenager just not giving a fuck about anything and they're back so i'm so happy to fucking see that beavis and butthead do the universe it's coming out this year coming out soon in a couple of months and it's gonna be followed with a whole fucking um series so mike judge is back he never really left but you know he's always been funny you know he's made great movies office space was a great movie um king of the hill is a great fucking series um but people's buttheads the OG, guys. So, fucking, yeah. And talking about comedy. So, there's a bunch of new specials out as well. Um, I haven't got around to watching them all. I know Bill Burr just dropped a new one, like, today or yesterday. So, we'll get around to watching that. Same as Ricky Gervais has a new one out um, a week or so ago, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I've heard lots and lots of good things. Uh, but there was a weird one like that, that was on um, Netflix. came out this week. Um, and... We talked about this in a previous episode where, uh, when Norm MacDonald died, who's a hero of mine. Fucking Norm MacDonald, I think, is one of the greatest comedians of all time. Fucking loved him. And, uh, it was a tragedy to see him die, but lo and behold, he left a little fucking nugget behind prior to his death, which was a kind of a comedy special and it was just released on Netflix. And it's not a comedy special per se. It's got all like, like, word for word, yes, it's a comedy special if you would just transcribe what was being said on screen. But it's not a guy with a microphone standing in front of a crowd cracking jokes. It's a dude sitting in front of his computer doing his whole set to the screen. No audience. He just runs through maybe 40 minutes of material. And it's sentimental and it's heartwarming and it's fucking great. Like the Netflix guy's got a bunch of his friends to sort of watch it. And then you see the special, you see Norm just in front of his screen. And then it sort of cuts to some of his old buddies who have just finished watching it as well. And them just shooting shit, talking Norm stories, how good this guy was, how influential he was. We're talking like Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's on the on the couch, Sandler, Spade, uh, David Letterman's there, Conan O'Brien and some chick named Molly. Um, heartwarming man it you know nearly brought a tear to my eye a few times throughout the special so if you were ever a non-mcdonald fan fucking just check this out it's a kind of a it's it's a good i don't want to say nail in the coffin but it's a good fucking little you know putting a bow tie on things you know he died so fucking suddenly he didn't tell anybody he was sick it was bullshit took us all by surprise um and then he left this little this little treat behind for us. I highly recommend fucking watching it, guys. It's on Netflix. Um, what's it called? Uh, Norm Macdonald, Nothing Special, I think it's called. But it is special. It's probably the most special special out there. Because it's coming to you from beyond the grave. Which is, you know, not many comedians have done that, I don't think. It's a hard one to pull off, right? Anyway, I'm going to have a drink and we're going to get into some fucking music stuff. Music reviews for this week, guys. A few albums. Ugh, some of them terrible, some of them pretty good. We might actually check out something um together here. Anyway, let me have a drink. Mm. Alright. So Post Malone fucking bought out a new album called 12 Carat Toothache. And it's cool. It's good. I fucking love Post Malone, man. His um just the vibe that I get from him as a dude is just fucking sick. Like he's just got this childish look on the world. Well, he's just a big kid. He's just a big kid having fucking fun, man. He's just a big kid having fun. And, you know, he seems to have a great mind um, for hook riding and stuff like that. He's doing weird stuff with his voice. Maybe that's a post-production thing. I don't really know. Uh, but I dig the album. It's definitely not like a hard hitting fucking big pop album, whatever. It's actually pretty um, subdued, pretty loungy, but fun and cool and catchy and just groovy all the way through fucking yeah i dig it post malone's fucking one of these cool new pop stars right i mean there's been a couple like billy eilish is fucking sick as well right post malone's in that category is someone that like we all kind of expected just to be a flash in the pan um but nah, they got some fucking staying power and yeah post is sick like that dude's wicked uh yeah i'd like to sing his praises more but i haven't really met him But everything I've seen with him, he just seems like a nice, cool, somewhat naive dude, right? And I dig that. I dig the fucking, the confidence to be naive sometimes, you know, because then you end up experimenting with shit you never thought you would and you've just got more of an open mind because guess what? You haven't fucking filled it and come up with any decisions or actual opinions yourself. So you're fucking, yeah, you're tempted to go into territory you might not have otherwise, something like that, guys. But check it out, guys. It's called 12 Carat Toothache and it's pretty fucking sick. Uh, If you like Post Malone, you will definitely like this album. If you like just like chilled tunes as well, it's a fucking great one for that. I mean, like I said, I fucking dig it. Anyway, another thing that came up on my little radar of new shit to check out um, was a single from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, I've just plugged it into Spotify here, guys, and it looks like it has the same cover art as their last album, which is called Unlimited Love, Um, but it's not on that album, so it's not like a remix of one of those tracks or whatever, so I don't know what they're doing, Uh, but they've just done this song called Nerve Flip, and I thought it would be cool if we just checked it out together here. I've been holding off listening to this um, so I can uh, check it out with you guys and do a little bit of a live react kind of thing Or something like that. How long is this song? Oh, it's only three minutes. Fuck, yeah, that's fine. Um, So, uh, the Unlimited Love album came out, what, a few months ago? We chatted about it on this podcast here. uh, And I I think it was an episode called Flea Circus. So if you want to go check that one out, check it out. uh, Because I kind of just sing the praises of Flea as a bass player. Like, that was a fucking masterclass of bass playing on that album. The way he sits in his pocket, the riffs he chooses, the fucking... Oh, just the bass playing, it's just fucking sick. It's cool, Flea's an amazing bass player and he really fucking carried that album in my opinion, right? So um, we've got a new one called Nerve Flip. Uh, let me press play on this and then, yeah. oh, I'm doing this whole desk myself here guys, all one-handed as well uh, because of my um, retarded left arm. Um, so let's see if I can pipe this in. All right, here we go. righty. oh, that's heavy. Whoa, is that some bass overdrive?
1: Okay.
0: Hey, there's the chili peppers. Oh, that full step-up
1: change. For the guitars yeah, the I this the chorus, oh that's boring.
0: Alright, does this sound like the chili peppers to you guys? Okay. The verses are way catchier than the chorus, by the way, so far. I like that little chili pepperism. Oh this is getting
1: boring isn't it Holy hell. Oh this is a,
0: this is a dog shit chorus. Oh, there is nothing catchy about this in
1: your
0: just following the one of every chord solo in the background, I hear. Or just one really high-pitched note. Oh, and the same one again. Okay. All right. Nerve flip. All righty, what the fuck was that? Okay. Okay. Um... I don't know if I need to listen to that song again, there, there was not a lot to it, right? The bass playing was fucking absent, yeah, am I wrong with that? As far as cool bass flea-isms, flea-isms, um, yeah, not there, not there, you know, kind of a bit more of a heavy sound than we've heard for a while, but Jesus Christ, that was that was terrible, that was boring. Um, I don't know what to make of this, guys. Like, I really enjoyed the Unlimited Love album. Like, do you think that fucking undermines that album? Like, you have this cool album that you bought out just a month or so ago. Um, and then you bring out a single of this quality, of this nature, of this standard. Uh, does that kind of detract from that great work you did a month ago? They should have let the Unlimited Love album just breathe a little bit more before they drop this crap on us, right? Right. Fuck, I don't know. I didn't dig that song, guys. That was, <laughs> yeah, all right. That was that was boring. Okay, fucking all right. So Red Hot Chili Peppers' "Nerve Flip" uh, was the name of the song, and it had about two or three parts that were uh, catchy-ish. You know, the end of the verse, how he sort of, uh, you know, Anthony Cletus did the things that he does. That kind of made it a bit more Chili Peppersy. That was all right. These down, down scratchy guitar thing yeah i don't know all right let's move on shall we <laughs> fuck that song jesus christ the chili peppers are all over the place good for them good for them at least they having fun out there hey They're having fun they're fucking throwing curveballs and shit like that all right you know me guys i like to get down the fucking prog rock uh rabbit holes and it's been bugging me over the last few weeks i haven't seen much prog rock uh or new shit that was really you know, tickling my fancy, my particular fancy, which is a very, very hard fancy to tickle. Um, so uh, yeah, decided to really try and delve deep and I listened to a bunch of these new prog releases. Uh, I don't know what's going on with prog these days because a lot of it just seems like fucking, um, just normal classic metal stuff. I don't know where the prog part is, except for maybe there's some like trippy drums now and then or whatever. So anyway, the, I did check an album. And, uh, uh, fuck. Let me put my teeth in, guys. <sighs> I checked out an album called A Heartless Portrait. It's the one I'll talk about, actually, because it's like the least bad out of the lot. Um, a Heartless Portrait, in brackets, The Orphean Testament, or something. It's by a band called Evergrey, uh, which is a Swedish prog rock outfit. Prog metal, really, I would say. Um, they've been around since 95, so they've been fucking you know chipping away you know carving their sound out and stuff like that and very double kick heavy is this album it's got a lot of like some things remind me like that like as if they're trying to rip off some Meshuggah vibes just coming out of the gate fucking brutal with the, the double kick and some wicked chunky guitars and stuff like that to be honest this album's a little fiddly widdly guitar for me the guitar solos are a bit too fiddly widdly you know There's a lot of just, you know, big bends and wails and just like technical sort of, you know, so many notes all like like back to back and none of them are important. That's what I hate about these shredded guitar solos. It's just like they put in so many notes that they have zero importance. Might as well have played nothing, right? Because your notes didn't matter because you just threw too many at it because you couldn't make up a... Fucking decision. Couldn't make a decision of what was going to actually make a cool solo or something like that. I don't know. I don't even know if there's such a thing as a really cool guitar solo anymore. Because guitar solos are pretty fucking lame. I don't know. It's just, I'm just getting old, guys. Fuck it. Maybe it's just because I can't play guitar right now. I'm getting resentful um, towards people that can. So when I hear like guitar, I'm like, oh, fucking good on you. Lucky you. hey. It would be nice to have a fucking second hand to do that. Yeah. Quit bragging. But anyway... Evergrey are all right. I mean, like, the vocals didn't piss me off that much. They were all right. They were fine. It's got a fine voice. It's like borderline hero rock that I talk about. I don't know if I've actually talked about it on this podcast, but there's a kind of like um, metal genre out there, and it might be a bunch of different metal genres. Like, it could be in the just normal, just normal metal or normal rock or just, um, or in the prog scene or in the fucking death scene or something like that. But you get these vocalists that like, Should be standing with a sword on a mountain doing like the big sort of hero shit. Um, It's kind of got that element to it a little bit, but not to the point of um, fucking going to make you throw up in your mouth. Uh, But yeah, it was all right. Like I said, I I checked out a bunch of prog rock albums this this week and um, they all kind of just blurred together. Didn't care about them. Nothing was really fucking standing out to me as, as far as like a unique sound and actually doing something with the genre that I'd never heard before. Because that's what I look for in prog rock. That's the progressive part of prog rock is the moving on to something else. The actual progressing thing. I know there's a million reasons why it's called prog rock, but that's the one I'm talking about today. Um, and, uh, you know, no, we'll talk about another one. We'll talk about another one because this isn't even really prog rock. Fucking the, the legends of prog rock that are dream theater. The band Dream Theater, that everybody loves, but then when they actually think about it, they got to agree that they suck. If you're the same as me, which I hope none of you are, really. right? But I was a massive Dream Theater fan, said that a million times before, Uh, but um, then one day I just realized how cheesy they are and how fucking crap they are writing a song that's coherent start to finish. Anyway, um, so if you could imagine the cheesiest aspect of Dream Theater, which is a hard one to actually... Really confirm, what is the cheesiest aspect of Dream Theater? I mean, it's it's got it's got to be those keyboard solos, right? It's got to be the keyboard solos. That's that's definitely up there. The obnoxious time signature changes that just sound like the like you've skipped to a different song for a second and then you've skipped back. That's pretty fucking cheesy. But a big contender uh, would be James Labrie's vocals. Just there's something about his voice that's just ugh. To me again, it's my opinion, right It's just my opinion. Um, but there's something about his delivery as well where like things that shouldn't really be that important he sings as if they're like really important but because they're not, that just comes across as just cheesy and fake to me. So yeah, James Abrea is a big <laughs> a big chunk of the cheesiness that is um, dream theater uh, and lo and behold he bought out a solo album. And from looking on Spotify, he's bought out a bunch of solo albums that I've never heard. But I did check out this one. It's called uh, Beautiful Shape of Grey. Shade of Grey. Fuck, I can't even read my own writing. Shape of Grey. That'd be weird, hey? What shape is grey? Hmm, You think about that. Anyway, Beautiful Shade of Grey. Nothing creepy about that because everybody's into shades of grey these days. Um, but so, uh, yeah, I checked out this album. It's like a soft rock album. Like, it doesn't really venture from a, a acoustic guitars the whole way. So you're not going to get a nice big distortion, fucking chunky-ass riff or anything like that. You're not going to get Dream Theater, you know, in, in some respects, thank God. Um, but yeah, that one's fine as well. A Beautiful Shade of Grey from James Labrie. Uh And let's face it, the guy can fucking sing. He can wail. And, you know, there's some lines that he hits that I really appreciate his melodies. Sometimes, that's fine. I mean I you can definitely separate so yeah he's a talented singer definitely tell he can hit these notes with fucking confidence and conviction do I like that conviction nah I, I think it doesn't fit very well right his melodies can be great but when you mix his melodies with that delivery of his it just I don't know it's like taking something great and just pouring cheese over it right So that's kind of what it felt like to me anyway. Oh, well, check it out if you can. So what have we talked about? Post Malone, 12 Carat Toothache. Dug that album. I like it. That was pretty cool. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nerve Flip. Well, we just experienced that for the first time together here. So I guess you know my thoughts on that. And you've probably made up your mind as well. Did you dig that song? Was I way off with that? because that was fucking garbage to me. I don't know. It's just what it is. And Evergreen, not a bad album. If you're into your, your heaviest, heavier sort of side of things, not too proggy, but it's on the heavier side of things. You know, it's not bad. If you like your twiddly-widdly, um, you know, big shredder sort of guitar solos, not stupidly shredder guitar solos, by the way, a bit more liquid, not a lot of pick attacks, a lot of legato playing and stuff. That's fine. That's nice. Because sometimes you get those shredders and like they'll get into a part of their solo and all you hear is like the t- of the pick. And so the notes are just blurred and they're, and they're gone. But, you know, someone plays a bit more legato, at least you could appreciate the, the melody choices a little bit better. Even though, like I said, it was a bit of a blur of notes, so none of the notes felt important. And then James Labrie doing whatever he does. I mean, if you're interested in what James Labrie's doing in his spare time outside of Dream Theater, check it out. Check out some of his old ones, I guess. I might. I might. This one didn't really tickle me that much. But it, it was different enough from Dream Theater for me to actually probably want to give it a shot. You know what I mean? ah we'll fucking see we'll see how my week goes who knows who knows anyway moving on fucking i mentioned it was wa day yesterday celebrating all the things west australian um so when i was around my buddy's house having this little um hot dog and and bullshit we're trying to listen to a whole bunch of wa bands right it's wa day let's listen to west australian music jesus christ what do you think is the best music that's ever come out of west australia if you're from west australia right? Which I don't think many of my listeners actually are. Um, I think you're all abroad and you enjoy hearing about the fucking little prison colony we have down here. Um, so we're listening to fucking Little Birdie. We chucked on some Eskimo Joe, you know, fucking black fingernails, red wine, that that banger. Um, what else do we chuck on? We chucked on some Tame Impala um, for the couple of songs I don't mind. Um, and we we'll just really fucking racking our brains to try and figure out what's going on in WA music cuz you know I like a lot of WA music. A lot of the bands that I liked growing up and stuff these local bands you know they're not on Spotify. Heavyweight Champ and not on Spotify. I uh, just yeah it's just annoying. It's like I'd like to revisit some of those old tracks or whatever. But um you know what I'm going to leave you guys with what I consider WA royalty. Um like I said, it, it, racking our brains, not a lot of great music's coming out of WA. We need to step up our fucking game. But when we do step up our game, I'm saying we, like I've got something to do with this. Uh, absolutely don't. Um, there's some great music. And one of those guys is Carnival. And I will talk about Carnival fucking for hours if you guys want me to. Um, I mean, I love this band, one of the most underrated bands in the world, in my opinion. And uh, definitely, in my opinion, uh, the best band to ever have come out of West Australia. I'm just going to say that. If there's something better out there, please let me know. You know how to hit me up, fucking scott at thejamroom.com.au. You can email me there and um, all the other shit. That's all going to be in the description of uh, this episode. So use those links if you can. Um, And let me know how wrong I am about fucking anything, by the way. Uh, so yeah, I thought I'll chuck a Carnival song on the end of this podcast. For those of you who might not know who fucking Carnival are, um, these guys are geniuses. And I'm going to show you a song that's like fucking the day, like the the first track from their debut album, um, from 2005 called, um, The Martyr. The Martyr is the name of the album. This song is called Center of the Earth. Um, it's a masterpiece. I have my problems with Carnival going forward and stuff, but this album, a little background on this album. Um, I don't believe they had uh, recruited Steve Judd on drums yet, who is an incredible drummer. Um, And I don't think they had their second guitarist, Hoss, yet. So Drew Goddard, the main man behind Carnival, as far as I'm concerned. I know the bass player is a fucking legend as well. Ian Kenny on vocals. Yeah, whatever. That's a whole other topic. Really great on this album, by the way, though. I'm not going to put any shade on him on this album. Uh, So I believe all the guitar tracks and the drum tracks recorded by drew goddard on this album so fucking shout out drew goddard what a fucking legend one of the greatest musicians of all time in my opinion again but yeah if you don't know carnival like just just put it in reference this is the first song first track from their first album and listen to its maturity listen to the guitar tone that's a fucking prs through a pv fucking 5150 i think anyway sounds tremendous guys have a fantastic week out there email me or get in touch with all your music recommendations that I should be checking out guys and I will do so and we'll chat real soon uh, but until then fucking this is Centre of the Earth from Carnival fucking the greatest band to come out of West Australia, happy WA Day for you guys for yesterday um, take care now, bye bye then